Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we have arrived. Thanksgiving has come and gone, along with Black Friday. Finally, all of these retail stores are in the black. Violet was asking me the other day, why do they call it Black Friday? And I told her, well, it's because all of these retail businesses apparently don't make any profit until that point. Like, this is the point where they finally break even on the year and then go into the black, so they're no longer in the red. Anyway, um, Black Friday has come and gone. Of course, everyone's buying now, well, because Christmas is coming. And we're in the Christmas season, right? Only hang on a minute. We're not in Christmas. We are not in the Christmas season yet. This is Advent. But Advent is pre-Christmas, right? This is like the pre-Christmas season. In the secular world, now is the time of year when the battle lines are drawn. On the one side, we have the crass materialists. They're focused on making a buck because this is the Christmas season. This is the time when they can bring out all of, you know, all of, uh, they can use whatever emotional appeal they have, whatever guilt trip they give you to think you got to buy all the right presents or whatever, but they get people to buy. So this is a time to make money. On the other side, you have, I would call them pseudo-traditionalists. They're like, oh no, no, the spirit of Christmas is love and joy and peace and you know, sharing with those in need. and All good things, don't get me wrong, there's all good things. But that's a sort of pseudo-traditionalism, you know. Oh yeah, this is, that's what Christmas is all about. That's the Christmas season, you know, that's the spirit of Christmas. It's like a, like a Hallmark movie. Do you guys like Hallmark movies? I don't I, sh- I guess I should know my audience better. Is anyone offended if I make fun of Hallmark movies? <laughs> all right. I mean... They're fine, whatever. But it's, there's a sort of, uh, you know, just a sort of sappiness to it, I guess. Meanwhile, here in church, you'll notice we have a simple Advent wreath. And there's no Christmas tree. There's no Christmas tree. No swags of pine. No boughs of holly. At least not yet. Christmas is a season in the church year, and it begins December 24th. In the meantime... We are now in the season of Advent, which is a penitential season. It's a season of preparation and a season of anticipation. By the way, it's so timely that Todd and I this morning were talking about customs within the church, and and, uh, I'm glad... I'm glad to know that we don't have to fall out when we, like, break a custom, because I should have omitted the hymn of praise this morning. You can even see it right in the hymnal that says this could be omitted during Advent. So anyway, I will take it out for next week because it is, it is a season. It's a penitential season. In fact, I think the Alleluia should be omitted also, but I'll, I'll firm that up. In the meantime, I thank you for being gracious and accepting that sometimes things don't always go off exactly as planned. Well, the prophet Jeremiah said 600 years before Christ's birth, the days are coming when God will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David. One who will be called the Lord is our righteousness. 
Lord being all caps with the O-R-D being a little bit smaller font. You know, when you see that in the English translation, that, that's meaning Lord Yahweh as opposed to Lord Adonai. So it's meaning God, it's meaning Yahweh God Lord as opposed to Lord as like a title, like Lord of the Manor or what, what have you. The Lord, Yahweh, our God, is our righteousness. That, that, these are the times that are coming, says Jeremiah, 600 years before Christ's birth. And this echoes what the prophet Isaiah said 100 years before Jeremiah, which was, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. That would be Jesus, which, by the way, the name Jesus means Yahweh saves. That's what, that's what Jesus means. The prophets pointed to the coming Messiah who would be God with us, who would be our righteousness. In our intro at this morning uh, that you heard, we, we, uh, the intro was taken in part from Zechariah, uh, from Zechariah 9.9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. This prophecy from Zechariah 9.9 was fulfilled in the triumphant entry that was featured in our gospel lesson today. Many people are going to scratch their heads at this point and say, isn't this Advent? And why are we having a Palm Sunday reading? You know, because that was the triumphal entry. That was Palm Sunday. Jesus riding into Jerusalem and the shouting of hosannas and the placing of their cloaks on the, on the path. That was Palm Sunday. And so people ask, rightly so, why do we read that? Now, I can guarantee, I mean, I tell you, I did not go off the lectionary. That is the appointed lesson for today and for good reason. At the start of Ed- Advent, we are reading about Jesus' Palm Sunday entrance to Jerusalem. Uh, Because in this season of Advent, we are looking forward to something. We're looking forward to the Lord is our righteousness. Jesus came near to Bethphage. That's a place where priests stayed. It was very close to Jerusalem, uh, to the temple. And the priests that were doing service in the temple did not want to walk too far on the Sabbath. That would be a work, right? So they wanted to be close by. So Bethphage was the town where they would come and stay. And Jesus came near and um, sent his disciples, two of his disciples in, to get a colt. And of course, everything played out exactly as he said it would. If they ask you, tell them. You know, And they did ask, and he did tell. And they were allowed to take the colts. They brought the colt to Jesus and they set him on it with their cloaks in place of a saddle. And then that pointed to what would come after, which is that as they entered in toward Jerusalem and were coming in, people were laying their cloaks down. You know, this is, this is the, you know, it's, it's the royal treatment. Yet he's not riding in on a war horse. He's riding in on a donkey. I know some people have said, well, that was the sign of, of royalty, you know, to ride on a, on a colt. 
No, that's not what's going on here. He's riding in in humility. This is really, uh, it is, it's, a, it's a humbling entrance for him. When he returns, what's he going to be riding on? The cloud. You don't have to answer, by the way. I just, not to put you on the spot or anyone. But, but you can if you'd like to. That's fine. That's right. He will be riding on the clouds. Yeah, but in this case, no, he's not riding on the clouds. All right, now along the way, his disciples, not just his apostles, but disciples, I mean, there's lots of people, celebrated his coming and they rejoiced. And notice that they gave praise to God for something. In the text there, for all the mighty works that they had seen. So you listen to their words. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now, this expression, who comes in the name of the Lord, erkomenos, uh, uh, is a, is the Greek word, is a definite messianic title. To say someone who comes in the name of the Lord, it comes from the Psalms, and it is unmistakably messianic. So when they said, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, they were saying, this is the Messiah. And of course, this is why they would put their cloaks down for, for him to tread upon them as he walks in. <clears throat> they, they said they recognized that this coming one is the Messiah, the one who had been prophesied. And today we have a prophecy candle. See, it all kind of ties in together, doesn't it? It's the nice thing about following the liturgy is that, you know, all of these things are connected and they're, they're not fragmented. All the prophecy of the Old Testament is being fulfilled before their eyes as he comes in riding on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Understanding that they were giving Jesus a messianic title with their shouts and rejoicing helps us understand why some of the Pharisees objected to this. And they asked, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Just to make that a little more clear, what they were saying when they addressed Jesus, you might think teacher, you know, oh, teacher, like sometimes that could have a connotation of respect. Good teacher, you know, rebuke your disciples. They do the wrong thing. No, in this case, teacher, didaskale, means someone who teaches, period. Not rabbi, not good teacher, not, this is not a title that they're giving to him that's positive. It, they're really kind of sneering at him. They're saying something more like, you are merely a teacher. Rebuke your disciples, for they are treating you as something more. They are treating you as the Messiah. And this is blasphemous. And in fact, it would have been blasphemous if Jesus wasn't the Messiah. Jesus of Nazareth was a real person. Was he the Messiah? See, if he wasn't the Messiah, then this was blasphemous, and the Pharisees were right to say, rebuke your disciples. What does Jesus have to say? He answers them. If the disciples were silent, Jesus says the very stones would cry out. Here we see a prophecy of what would come. And we talked about this, I don't know if it was last week or the week before. Indeed, many will remain silent in this coming week. And they will stand by as Jesus is crucified. 
Many will play an active part in his crucifixion. Some will uh, passively allow it as they stand by and watch. As judgment upon Jerusalem, the stones will indeed cry out. In the time to come, that entire city was laid waste. Remember, every stone, not a single stone would be left unturned. Now, if you read through, continue reading through, we, we stopped at verse 40 uh, in Luke's, Luke 19, verse 40. But if you continue reading from there, you'll see he talks about the destruction of Jerusalem. See, the Messiah coming is such a profound and significant event in the course of our salvation that if they were to remain silent, even the stones would cry out. And the stones did cry out, and Jerusalem was utterly destroyed. <clears throat> so how about you? Have you remained silent? You have. You've remained silent when you ought to have spoken. You failed to act where you ought to have acted. You have failed to meet the demands of the law. Each one of you have. You are completely, totally, utterly unable to establish your own righteousness. Just like those Jews who crucified the Lord, you also crucified him. I'm pointing that back at myself at the same time, and I, I know you guys know that. That's the point. We're not able to establish our own righteousness. And that's why it's that's why it is so powerful to hear this message. The Lord is your righteousness. We know, we know we need a righteousness that's from outside of ourselves. If we're honest with ourselves, we know we need that righteousness. But hear the good news. Behold, your king comes, the righteous branch bringing salvation to you. He came riding on an ass, just as was prophesied. In his coming, the blind received their sight, and the lame walked, lepers were cleansed, and the deaf heard, and the dead were raised up, and the poor had good news preached to them, all as prophesied. See, when they gave thanks, rejoicing as he came into Jerusalem on that Sunday, that Palm Sunday, they were giving thanks for all the mighty works he had done. Those are the works that they speak of. And when John asks, when John's disciples ask, is Jesus the one that had been prophesied? He listed all of those things. You tell John, the baptizer, what you have seen. The blind received their sight, the lame walked, lepers were cleansed, the deaf heard, the dead were raised up, the poor had good news preached to them, all of which was prophesied. This Jesus of Nazareth that we eagerly await is the promised Messiah, Savior of the nations. Repent and believe. The peace of God which passes all understanding Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.